You're listening to Review and Preview on Facebook Live. Right. Uh, for the record, Tom brought us in here. By the way, Tom will be back in a couple of weeks along with James. So, yes, we are the replacement referees, quote unquote, the replacement host. I'm Fon Safalco, host of Four Corners on Mondays. And joining along for the first time, Noah Dibler, one of the hosts of Pucking Around on Tuesdays. Noah, look at this, our first show together. How are you feeling? Man, I'm fired up. I'm so excited for this, Fonz. Honestly, when I was thinking about being on the show last night with you, I couldn't sleep for like two hours, honestly. I, I'm really fired up, man. So I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it as well. This is going to be a good show. You can remind me check out everything we review and preview. See down below here. Anchor is where we get our podcast. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Just search everything we review and preview. It's all there down below. So what are we going to talk about today? Talk about some NFL trades that have happened so far. Uh, week seven, recap some of the moments of the games. Give some takeaways. And then obviously preview some of the games because it hence the name. Review. And preview too. So here we go now. So let's start off with the first thing. Listen, we'll talk about, uh, you know what? We'll do the trades first. Sorry about that. We'll go to the trades first. The first one here, the major one Christian McCaffrey went from the Panthers to the 49ers for a 2023 second, third, and fourth round pick, as well as a 2024 fifth round pick. Now, Noah, with, we'll say this first with the Panthers. I mean, it's obvious they're a complete uh, rebuild here, obviously. McCaffrey. Has a history of injuries. One of the better backs in the league when he's on the field and healthy, too. We kind of expected him to be moved on at some point. I kind of didn't expect it during the season. And the 49ers, I thought it would be going to the Bills or another team, too. But the Niners now have another back in the backfield. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's going to have a, a lot of fun with this guy. He played a little bit uh, this past weekend uh, against the Chiefs here. But, you know, try to get into the offense right away, too. But, no, what was your initial thoughts when you saw McCaffrey going from Carolina to the Bay Area? Uh, not surprised. Like you said, Carolina is in complete shambles right now. Obviously, they just fired Matt Rule about a week ago, uh, trading McCaffrey. I even saw they're considering trading Brian Burns, but, you know, terrible organization they are. They got offered two first-round picks and didn't take it for a guy that might just leave for free in a year or two. Um, as for San Francisco, look, they've gotten off to a bit of a mixed start, I'd say. They are currently 3-4. and four. Um, Definitely expect a little bit better for a team that was in the conference championship game last year. But getting a guy in like McCaffrey, what I like most about this trade for the 49ers funds is that he doesn't have to carry the load like he did in Carolina. He's going to be in a running back by committee system, I think. Kyle Shannon, a guy I know very well as a Falcons fan, always loves running running back by committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Wilson is currently there. Um, I do know that Eli Mitchell, unfortunately, is on IR, which sucks for them. So, you know, McCaffrey will help to fill that void a little bit. Yeah. But the main problem that the Panthers had with McCaffrey and the reason he got injured so much was he really carried the load for that offense, didn't he? I mean, you're having seasons where he has four and it touches an entire season. 
well over 100 catches, you know, pretty much his first three years. There he had 80, 107, and then 116, which her running back is just absolutely crazy to think about. And, oh, yeah, he's getting about 20 carries plus every single game, it seemed like. And then the past two years, only 10 games started uh, because he just kept getting hurt over and over. Got off to a pretty good start this year. He, he hasn't been injured yet. Uh, we'll see if he can keep that up. Unfortunately, you know, once you start to get that, quote, injury-prone label, yeah. it's hard to shake. Um, but I think, unfortunately, it is a bit of a – not necessarily a missed pick, but a missed opportunity, I'd say, because they had such a great talent in McCaffrey, and they just could never, you know, keep on the field inconsistent. I think they mismanaged him a little bit. But to trade him now, um, get, get some decent picks back, at least the second, third, and fourth. I mean, it's not bad for this year. But yeah, considering right. this guy was a top-10 pick, uh, you'd have to say I don't think it really worked out for him. But, um, you know, I guess they got what they could, and I think it's a good good move by the 49ers to get him in there. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, like you said Kyle Shanning does back by committee, so it definitely helps him out. I think the, the chance of injury will definitely go down a little bit with McCaffrey. And like you said with the Panthers, I think they tried to use him way too much because, again, there was at one point, even when Cam wasn't there anymore, he was the offense. It was just him. I think he I think he had like a 1,000 rushing and a 1,000 receiving one season. Like they used him a ton, a ton, and it wears down on you, especially for running back, which is one of the harder positions, one of the shorter career spans too. And it goes back to the question, is it worth getting a running back uh, with the top 10 pick? Uh, you know, that's always going to be the debate, and we'll talk about another guy at the end of the show too, a former uh, top 10 pick as well, and a guy that you're also very familiar with too. Yes. Uh, but for the Niners, obviously I like it. They want to re- someone replace Eli Mitchell for now, and then when he comes back, that's going to be a good trio backfield with, like we said, Wilson, McCaffrey, and Mitchell. And the Panthers, you know, he probably was. They weren't going to probably resign him or bring him back. You know, this is what you can get with him right now. A lot of teams would want another running back in the backfield, and they got what's right here, two, to four picks. That's not bad. And the Panthers are in complete rebuild mode. So, and I'm, sh- I feel like we'll definitely maybe hear a Brian Burns trade down the line, maybe because they're thinking about mm-hmm. moving him, DJ Moore. So maybe this isn't the last time we'll hear about the Panthers in a trade too. But we'll see what uh, McCaffrey does with the team going forward. The next one, and I'm, I'm a big fan of this move. I like what the Jets did here. The Jets traded a conditional six-round pick. Conditional, we don't know what that means. We don't know what it'll be. It could be anything. It could be a fourth or something at at some point or anything or what year. But James Robinson goes from Jacksonville to the Jets. I absolutely love this move for the New York Jets. I am actually starting to really like what the Jets are doing, having a nice young core of skilled players. Uh, The Brees Hall was really high on coming out of um, Iowa State. He was looking really good, unfortunately, towards ACL uh, this past week. And so they made the move to bring a running back in to replace uh, him. Him and Michael Carter be a good backfield. I like this a lot. James Robinson is very talented, one of my favorite backs to watch. Former undrafted guy of Northern Illinois. 1,000 yards his first season. Last season did pretty well and had an Achilles tear, too. And this season... He was coming into his own, had four touchdowns in the first uh, three games in the season, was looking really well. And I kind of had a feeling he'd be moved because, did you, I don't know if you know this, Noah, but last week when he played, he had 12 like plays on the field, 12 snaps. Mm-hmm. Not a single touch, nothing, nothing at all. So they want to obviously move on from Robinson and go to more of the ETN role. For the, as far as the Jags, I didn't like it for the Jags. I thought they wanted, I thought I liked the combination of Robinson and ETN because you want to have multiple talented backs and playing different ways in that offense in Jacksonville. They've just been a struggle for, for years and years outside of 2017. But as far as the Jets, they got another solid running back to pair with Michael Carter. And it's good for Zach Wilson. And it's definitely going to help the running game. I just am 
I'm head over heels for this move. I like what the Jets here Jets did here with getting James Robinson. Jets are good, man. I never thought I'd say that that quickly, but it's you weird. know, it's so weird to say. You know, I remember when they had that draft last April, and you know, they were the pretty consensus. I'd say biggest winner from that draft. Their their top four picks are incredible, and obviously one of them was Brees Hall. Um, sucks he tore his ACL because that man was absolutely killing it. Yeah. But I think um, to get in James Robinson, first of all, like you said, in the span of basically one game, he went from being pretty much their their main back um, to just getting no snaps at all. You can see they're going in the direction of Travis Etienne. And we got that feeling. Now, it, it helped Robinson a bit that Etienne was unfortunately out for the entire year yeah. because he kind of got the feeling when they took Etienne in the first round that that was the direction they were heading. Yeah. Um, but I think it got a del- delayed a bit with that injury. But, you know, we kind of finally started to see that this year. They trade him. First of all, I think the Jags have got way more. Uh, just not like James Robinson is not some scrub, Fonz. This is a guy that's averaging 4.5 yards per carry right. for his career. Like, he's a good running back. Um, so I think they basically just want to dump them for whatever they could get, which, um, you know, you know, that's just how their management has been for the past few decades and why they've been struggling. Like, you know, they didn't get anything back mm-hmm. for the Jets. This is probably about as great a replacement as they could get for Brees Hall. Like you said, Michael Carter's still there. Uh, he was one of the better rookie running backs last year. So, yeah. you know, even if he's the backup, he can still contribute a bit. Uh, he is on my fantasy team as well, so just going to throw that in there. So we'll oh, see how he does. Sprinkle but, that in there, too. You got to sprinkle some fantasy talk in. I actually have James Robinson in one of my leagues, too, so I'll sprinkle that in there, too. So, <laughs> hey, maybe it works out for both of us. Like you said, the Jaguars just – what is magic? They could have – I think if Robinson was on, like, any other team and they were trading him, they could have gotten a lot more out of it. I could have – you could have upped the ante for, honestly, maybe a, a fourth or a fifth or something. I'm just really shocked for a conditional. You don't even know what year it is. You don't even know when it's going to happen. Maybe the pick will never come to be. You really you really have no idea. But this just – it's a win for the Jets, and it's weird to say win and Jets in the in the same sentence for, for, for a couple of reasons. Yeah, and James Robinson, he's still young. He's only 24. He's on the last year's rookie contract, RFA, stuff like that. So, you know, the Jets had plenty of moves. They could try and re-sign him in the cheap. Um, they could try and, you know, they could even let him go, you know, like letting a guy go for conditional six is nothing. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's a, it's so. a trial run. Trial run for this year to kind of replace Brees Hall to see what they can do. And, hey, if he does well, cool, you resign him for maybe a cheaper deal and bring him in. But if he doesn't work out, hey, what do you lose? A conditional mm-hmm. six-round pick that you don't even know if you're ever going to get, you, that you might end up getting back or something, too. We don't even know the year to specify. This this last trade, this just happened a few hours ago, so we just added it to, to the sheet and whatever. Robert Quinn. Goes from the Bears to the Eagles for a 2023 fourth-round pick. I didn't realize Robert Quinn's been around the league for quite some time, bouncing around a lot of teams, but always been a consistent pass rusher. Mm-hmm. The Eagles just got a whole lot better on defense. The Eagles one of the better teams in the NFL right now to get just a fourth-round pick for, for Robert Quinn, who's up there in age but still a solid pass rusher. The Pro Bowler last year, too. Double-digit sacks consistently. This is, I mean, the Bears, another team in complete rebuild but the Eagles just got a whole lot better with this move. Yeah, I agree. Um, really bolsters the defensive line, which I already thought was pretty good. I mean, you got Fletcher Cox, who they brought back. They released him like for like a week in the free agency, and then they brought him back. Um, he, he's definitely there later on that defensive line. Drafted my guy Jordan Davis out of yeah. UGA. When he's on the field, obviously, unfortunately, the guy's like 350 pounds, so he's not on the field, you know, 60 snaps a game. But when he's on, he produces. And then Brandon Graham uh, is a beast. We all know that. And then you add in – um. Robert Quinn, I love the move. Like you said, this is a guy that's very consistent. He's been around the league since 2011, which is crazy to think about, but has over 100 career sacks. 
and, and this is the thing, you know, unfortunately for the Bears, uh, they're going nowhere yet again. You know, they seem yeah. to be stuck in this purgatory. The guy <laughs> like Robert Quinn, 2021, which is only last year, Fonz, 18 and a half sacks yeah, for Robert just, Quinn. I was just looking up those stats for him, too. That was his second uh, half sack behind his career best at 19 in 2013 yeah. with the Rams. So it's not like this is some washed-up guy that's shown he hasn't doesn't have anymore. He still has that in his tank. Unfortunately, you know, only one sack so far this year. He has three games started, but it's going to be a lot easier for him to get pressure on the quarterback when he's on a team like the Eagles, who, oh, yeah, are, are the only undefeated team left in the league, and they're still adding. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I think yeah, gave no, up just, just a fourth-round pick, too. Nothing else. You'd think, that you'd think the Eagles would have to give up more, and that's, just, again, the Bears just maybe looks like the Jags just kind of just giving anybody away now at this point, right? That's, you know. This is crazy. I'm, I want to see that defensive line come Sunday against the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's going to be a crazy, crazy line. So uh, that wraps up for the uh, the trade talk stuff, too. I'll recap some Week 7 games. I have the notable results on the bottom here, too. No, I got to start off as per tradition. If I'm ever on the show hosting, I got to talk about my Baltimore Ravens. Defeated mm-hmm. the Cleveland Browns 23-20. to Lamar Jackson, not the best of games. Mm-hmm. 9 1,620 passing yards. 10 rushes, 59 yards. Gus Edwards, his first game back from his torn ACL, 66 yards and two touchdowns. Mark Andrews was literally a non-factor, only had one rush for eight yards, which is very weird for him, one of the top tight ends. But just the guys on the defense, like Justin Houston, look good with two sacks, Campbell with one sack, and Patrick Queen with one sack. He's looking really good, too. And we go to the, the Brown side, you know, Chubb doing his thing again, 91 yards and a touchdown. Amari Cooper, three catches for 74 yards. And David Njoku's having a nice little revive this season. You know, he's uh, he's going to be out for a couple weeks with an ankle injury. Seven catches for 71 yards. No, I was very scared of this game because we've seen what happened the past couple of losses against the Ravens. Uh, Dolphins, <laughs> fourth quarter, uh, fourth quarter uh, comeback for the Dolphins. Uh, Bills, same thing. And uh, the Giants, I was at that game. Same exact thing. And I was worried that this was going to happen when I saw the Kareem Hunt touchdown. But thankfully, we were able to survive that game, too. And I'm just Lamar didn't have the best of games. But, hey, the defense was pretty solid. And Gus Edwards, it's good to have him back. Dobbins is going to be out again on IR with a knee injury. The knee is still bothering him. But Gus Edwards, one of the more underrated backs in the league, in my opinion, even without guys like Mark Andrews and Lamar doing the best of games, Gus Edwards was able to help out in that defense. Nice little pickup uh, victory. Uh, compared to what happened uh, uh, last week. So it was ni- it was a nice little feel-good moment, Noah, for the Ravens to get that W. Yeah, definitely a trap game. You know, even though the Browns have been pretty weak to start this year, which I think most people would expect with no sh- no Deshaun Watson, um, it was a very close game. And like you said, you know, it looked like in the fourth quarter, all oh, the Ravens are going to do it again. Yeah. I, even, I even saw a quote about a week or so ago on a meme, and it was like, the Baltimore Ravens, the new Atlanta Falcons of the league, with how how much they were blowing leads, and I was like, I don't know about that because I am a Falcons fan and they blew some big leads, but um, it wasn't looking good for them. And the Ravens need to keep pace because it looks like the Bengals are finally getting it in gear. You know, they're looking really good. Burrow's looking phenomenal. Uh, they needed this win. It was really close, like you said. Uh, off game for Lamar, he did still have ten carries for fifty nine yards, which was good for him, but only nine of sixteen for one hundred twenty in the passing game. Yeah. Um, un- unfortunately, Dobbins, um, you know, he's had some really unfortunate injury luck this year, going back on IR again. Yeah. But Gus Edwards, really solid back uh, coming in. And like you said, 66 yards, 
uh, two touchdowns. Speaking of fantasy, I uh, did get him on the waivers, so that's looking pretty good for me. Lucky. But, um, yeah, and I was surprised he was still there, honestly. It said he was owning like 80% of leagues, but I got him, so I was happy about that. Well, let's try to do a thing for every game. We'll try to sprinkle in our fantasy football league and teams in here, too. So, um, yeah. Couple of comments. James Bonifacio, yo boys, what's good? James, thank you so much uh, for tuning in. We definitely miss you on the show. We what's can't up, James? you back very soon. John Suggs, been a while. I haven't, I haven't seen this name pop up in a while. Is the Ravens going to ever address the defense? It's weird for me to say that because there was a time where it was just defense for the Baltimore Ravens. And now oh my God, yeah. it now it's at the point now where it's like the defense is letting <laughs> up all these leads and whatever. I mean, I don't know if you were old enough, Fonz, when they won that Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer or whatnot, but definitely. I, I was five when that happened, too, but yeah, I, so. I started watching football a little bit after, but I did watch, like, the Super Bowl. I had, like, the DVD and whatever, obviously. So, okay. So you got to have – listen, you got to have the DVDs when, when you were a kid. But, yeah, that defense was incredible. Even, even in 2012 with that Joe Flacco run, too, that defense was good, too, with the Ed Reed and oh, Ray man. Lewis last year. Ed and, Reed, Terrell Suggs, and obviously Ray Lewis this last year, like you said. They had some ballers. How old do I could just name a bunch of Ravens defensive players. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you could. But remember, uh, one I really like, Ladarius Webb. I really love that guy. I was, was a great player. I was so high on him, and then you know, the t- he could have been one of the top corners in the league if he didn't tear his ACL. Like I'm being, I'm being serious. He was that good of a corner for for us too. But it's weird. But, um, as far as addressing the defense, I mean, I said this on Big Blue Avenue a couple weeks ago. I think we might have fired the wrong coordinator. I thought we had to move on from either Greg Roman or Wink Martindale. Just kind of revive the team a little bit. Kept Greg Roman, and we got rid of Wink Martindale. You see what, Look what he's doing with that Giants defense? It's crazy. Oh, um, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, I will say one defensive player on the Ravens I thought was absolutely incredible in this game, Patrick Queen. I love it. Had a sack, two tackles for loss on back-to-back plays, I think, against Kareem Hunt for, like, negative four-yard losses. It was insane. Um, so the Ravens, you know, getting a big win. And for the Browns, unfortunately – Look, I don't think Brissett was actually bad in this game, but we kind of knew this would happen if he was going to be the start of the first 11 games. Yeah. And nothing against him. I like him. He's a solid backup, but he's playing like what you'd expect, which is a replacement quarterback. If they had Deshaun Watson on the team, um, maybe they win this game, but they're definitely not scoring 20 points. Uh, it gives an entirely different element to that offense, yeah. especially when you have guys like Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt in the backfield, Amari Cooper, and Joku. I mean, this team has the weapons. They have the talent. Defensively, though, I gotta say they've looked mediocre this year. That yeah, I mean Miles Garrett's a stud, but if you look at the defensive rankings, they're just kind of middle of the pack. I mean, look, if you're getting shredded by Marcus Mariota and the Falcons beat you, there's something wrong with your defense. I gotta I, I, say, man. So they gotta get it. Again, Falcons fan here, he knows firsthand experience by watching the, watching those games too. Yeah, because outside of Miles Garrett, the D, I mean, there's nobody that's like eye popping. It's like oh, like this guy's like really good, whatever too. And then you going back to Patrick Queen. I, you know, there was times where I couldn't like stand him because he was messing up coverage sometimes too, missing some mm-hmm. tackles. But he's been doing pretty well this season. It's been a nice little improvement. So, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens on Thursday night against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll get to the preview later on. The next game, I don't know you feel about this, Noah. The Panthers shock the Buccaneers 21 to 3. No, this is not a typo on the show sheet. Literally happened to a 21 to 3. Yeah. XFL legend PJ Walker <laughs> helped them win. Now he's a new, he's now the new starting quarterback. Despite if anybody's healthy, this if Baker and Sam are healthy, doesn't matter. PJ Walker's your starter. Tom Brady actually didn't have that bad of a game 32 49 for 290 yards. Mike Evans, nine catches for 96 yards. 
Should have had a touchdown. Starting it out there. Have, again, sprinkling. He was on my fantasy team. Godwin, six, uh, seven catches, excuse me, 43 yards. And Kadon for four catches for 64 yards. But for the Panthers, without McCaffrey, Deontay Foreman, 15 carries, 118 yards. And DJ Moore, seven catches, 69 yards, and a touchdown. What the hell's happening with the Bucks? Like, I... What what's going what is what is going on? You know, I, I, I honestly hate this from the Bucks because every single time that we lose, we get these Falcons fan in our fan base. He's like, Oh, we can actually win the division, make the playoffs and get decimated in the wild card. Uh this is the worst division in football. As for what's going on with the pan uh the Bucks, a few things. Number one, first of all, I also have Tom Brady on my fantasy team. Mike Evans, you should be ashamed. Dropped a wide-open touchdown pass on basically the, the third play of the game, something like that, second, third play. Uh, just inexcusable. Um, it was a perfect pass pretty much. And, look, just think what that does to the momentum on your team, that you have a, you know, a bang-bang play like that, you know, gets you going for the rest of the game pretty much, and it's dropped, and they punt the ball away. And as you said on the other side for the Panthers, a good old Philip Walker, as Google likes to call him here, had a pretty solid game in this one, 16-22. 177 yards, two touchdowns, and he looked pretty solid. I got to see some of this game because, you know, I watched the red zone or whatever just to see a bit of every game. He looked pretty accurate, I got to say. Even one of his incompletions was like uh, an absolute 40-yard dart, and Terrence Marshall just couldn't quite haul it in. But he actually looked pretty good in this game. Like you said, Deontay Foreman, and I want to give a shout-out as well, Chubba Hubbard, nine carries for 60 yards on touchdown. They were getting it going in the running game, almost 200 yards rushing, uh, DJ Moore to touchdown as well. So they were doing pretty good. But on the other side, man, I got to say, I really think the Bucs are missing Bruce Arians. This is a guy that has a big offensive background. Yeah. And wherever he went, whether it was, you know, offense coordinated with the Steelers or when he when he was in the Colts and he had an interim period when Pagano was out, those offenses were clicking. And obviously, Arizona you know, when he was the yeah, Colts, Arizona, they were clicking. Exactly. They, they've always clicked. And then he retires. And look, I Todd Bowles, I think, is a phenomenal D.C., but I don't know if he's cut out to be a head coach for the Bucs because um, clearly he needs a good offense coordinator because he's a defensive guy. We get that. And I don't think the defense has been terrible for the Bucs necessarily. Good. But like when you're going three and out all the time, eventually they're going to tire out and start giving up points. They also have no running game, which when the Bucs were really good, I mean, guys like Fournette, Ronald Jones, they were getting it going for him. But when the Bucs sucked for year after year, and Jameis was passing it 50 times a game and throwing four interceptions just because they had no running game. Yeah. And it's kind of it kind of looks like they're regressing to that again. I also think they they're really missing a guy like Gronk because I think That's even though is. even though a guy like Kate Otten is doing fine as a rookie tight end, you know, the blocking Gronk gives you the veteran presence he gives you. I think that's an element they're missing as well. And someone else besides Mike Evans needs to step up. And you know, even though he dropped a touchdown, nine receptions, 96 yards. But Godwin, I think, has been a little bit disappointing. He's been a bit of a slow starter this year. Russell Gage, a former Atlanta Falcon, but he's not a guy you can rely on as a top wide receiver. He's a number three or number four at best um, in an ideal scenario. And, um, yeah, it's just it's just terrible, man. It, it, they just look so lethargic. and There's no momentum on the team. Last week, I don't remember who they were playing, but when Tom Brady's yelling at people on the sidelines, basically to step it up. The Steelers just, team. The Steelers, and there's just no reaction. It just a- look absolutely lifeless. Yeah, it, it, there's no like, because like rewind a year ago, they were playing like up tempo, upbeat, things were looking good. Like it just, just even like a, yeah, like a year ago, they were looking great. Mm-hmm. Now looking really slow and sluggish. And John makes a good comment here. Tom Brady is trying to do too much. They are not running the ball enough. Why receiver consistent issues? 
O-line only person doing anything is worse. Yeah, worse is one of the better tackles in the league, and he's the only you know, tackle, the newly guy on the line that's been consistent for them. He's always been good for them since they drafted him. Um, he's been doing good. And like you said, the wide receiver's consistency outside of Mike Evans, they're rotating so many different receivers, and you don't even know who's playing, who's not, who's doing good, and also who's not. The question remains, though, is people are saying, is Brady done? Now, I've said it for years. <laughs> don't do it, everybody. I care about you. But I'm starting to get on the train of he might be. I don't know. I don't know. I gotta I, wait a couple of weeks. I don't want. I, I've been saying it. Don't do it. I care about you. But now I'm doing it. I be like, I don't. I'm like this close. I'm like, oh, I might have to take that take back a little. I don't know. Tom, I ain't falling for it. I ain't falling for it, man. I'm not. I've. I, I can't do it, man. I told Tom and them for years, don't do it. I care about you. But now they're gonna be like, oh wow, look at you backtracking your statement <laughs> because I'm this close to backtrack. Be like, oh, I don't know what's going on here. But got to be friends of the Panthers. Then PJ Walker can tell his yeah. kids one day that he beat Tom Brady. 20, yeah, there you go, man. So that's awesome. something, that's some for him. No, I'm sorry. We got to talk about this. The Bengals took out the Falcons, 35 to 17. I'll let I'll let you yeah. give your thoughts, and after I'll read the quick stats here. Marcus Mariota, eight of 13 for 124 yards and a touchdown. Joe Burrow, 34 42, 481 yards, not a typo. Three touchdowns. Joe Mixon, 17 carries for 58 yards and a touchdown. And the trio receivers, Boyd with 155 yards and a touchdown, Jamar Chase 130 yards, and two touchdowns to T. Higgins with 93 yards. Bengals outgained the Falcons 537 yards to 214. Yeah, might as well put a a missing persons report out for the Falcons secondary because they were nowhere to be found in this game. Like the second play of the game, throw it to Boyd, and it just sets the tempo of the rest of the game. Um, we just couldn't stop them at all. Even when they look, they basically gifted us, spot us 10 points before the end of the first half, got it back to 28 to 17. You think, okay, maybe they can make a game of it. But then this Falcons offense inconsistent as, as it is led by what a shock, a guy who's been a backup the last two years and the offense is inconsistent. Who could have guessed that? I remember Fonz, I was doing a, a video for Ruby and preview back in April. And I said, you know, I don't think Marcus Mariota is very good. And the YouTube comments on that video, you you would have thought I said, oh, my God, I hope his entire house burns down with his family inside because they were just attacking me in the comments. Man. I think I remember this now. That I got to double check that. Yeah. I got to double check. And it's like, look, I like the guy. He's a nice guy. He can have a good game every now and then. I mean, he's offensive player of the week last week because he was like 16 to 17 or something. Right. But he's too inconsistent. He's averaging, if you include rushing yards, less than 200 yards of offense per game. He's a decent backup. You're not going to go anywhere in this league with a decent backup at quarterback. This is why if they have a high pick, they're probably going to consider a quarterback or see if Desmond Ritter is their guy. I was going to ask um, that. Is it it time to start putting Ritter out there? Because he was, what was he, a third, fourth round pick for you guys? He was a high pick. A third pick, yeah. Um, I wouldn't just because I don't want him to, like, go in and all of a sudden get injured or whatnot playing with a lot of these bums around him. Um, you know, if I want someone to take the punishment, I want it to be Marcus because we know that he's just a stopgap guy. Um, but I will say, even though the Falcons got absolutely decimated in this game, and credit the Bengals, man. I mean, this is what we know they can do when their skills position they're firing all cylinders, right? Yeah. Joe Mixon, who I don't even know if you mentioned, also had a touchdown this game. So yeah. good game for him. Um, but, man, you know, our, our, I do like Arthur Smith. I think he's done a great job. We've been competitive in every game but this one. Um, we're finally getting a running game going, which we haven't had in years. And even though the defense was terrible in this game, they have actually had moments this year where they, they've looked pretty solid. So um, we're not good this year. I mean, I'm still of the mindset, look, 
I'd rather win three games and pick number three overall than win seven and miss the playoffs or win this crappy division and get <laughs> beaten by 35 in the wild card round. But they are showing progress, which is promising, um, but they're not a good team. I, I've said, and my God, I said, when I said Sunday, the Falcons aren't a good team. And the Falcons fans I know calling me a crackhead saying, I don't know football. Like, come on, man. I love this team as much as you guys, but we don't have a good roster yet. Man. You're being a realistic fan, though. That's what exactly. it is. You know, yeah. I, I've called on my team for certain things, too. You know, and then, you know, we'll, we'll see what goes on. for the, At least the Falcons have been competitive. I'll give you I'll give your team that. Mm-hmm. Though. Arsman's been doing a good job for what he's had, too. And even when a guy like Cordell Patterson, who's not playing, he's on IR right now, one of your better bright spots on that offense. So maybe when he comes back, it'll get a little bit better. Tom Scavetta, host host of, of Review and Preview, and we're taking over, Tom. But don't worry, I'll be back very soon. Also, host of Big Blue Avenue, you want to check them out. Good evening, gents. Great to see Facebook working again. Yeah, Facebook was a little bit of a, a little bit of a problem yesterday. Also, a problem for four corners last week too. I don't know what's going on with uh, Mark Zuckerberg over there. I don't know what's going on, Mark. Mark, if you're listening, yeah. which I know you are, if you're watching, I know you are. He's always listening. Get get he's always, yeah get get Facebook to work again. Come on, come on, people. Come on, come on, Marky Mark. I know Tom just in time for this game. The Giants edged the Falcons twenty three to seventeen. Danny Dimes. Tom's boy. Tom's probably picked for MVP. 19 to 30 for 32 <laughs> yards and a touchdown. He also had 11 rushes for 107 yards and a touchdown. Saquon Barkley looking great as always. 24 carries for 110 yards. Slayton, the guy who was really high on a few years ago, 58 yards and a touchdown. Giants were overall clicking on all cylinders. And we'll go quickly with the Jaguars. ETN, 114 yards and a touchdown. Christian Kirk, seven catches, 96 yards. And Evan Ingram, former Giant Pro Bowler. Evan Ingram for four catches for 64 yards. I just can't. I just on this Giants team on paper should not be six and one. Mm-hmm. On paper, they should not be six and one. I told Tom this. You guys are the best coach team in the NFL right now. From top to offensive corner, defensive coordinator, head coach, and Dayball. He is he is working with these guys, a lot of like no name wide receivers and whatever, too. And Saquon Barkley in the running for comeback player of the year. Defense is looking great. I know it's the Jaguars and whatever, too, but there was a point this season where we thought the Jaguars were looking to click on all cylinders, too, and they've been on a little bit of a decline. But how are the how with the Giants? How, how, how with the Giants? I give them credit. I do give them the credit, but mm-hmm. I just I don't get it. I just don't get it with them. A couple of things why I think they're 6-1. and one. First of all, if you look at their schedule, the next three games, they could legitimately be 9-1 and because they have some very favorable matchups. It's crazy to think. Yeah, But like you said, the coaching – I think it's a culture shift. Um, Brian Dayball, uh, Joe Shane, and Wink Martindale completely changed the outlook of the team. Like you said, even though they don't have the talent, they're playing the maximum of their ability, man. They're they're playing above their level. They're beating teams you wouldn't think they beat. They beat the Titans week one. Um, Obviously, had that game against the Ravens. I mean, they just look look really solid. They're not making a ton of major mistakes. Um, They just look like a really well-coached team. Um, and their defense is playing very well. Um, Lawrence, 43 attempts in this game, 310 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, Etienne was solid, um, but but they still get it done in a game that, you know, people thought was close. Speaking of fantasy, I did get Evan Ingram off the, the waivers for a spot start. Uh, did a pretty solid job for me, and now he's he's back in free agency again because <laughs> I have uh, I have Dallas Goddard. That's but, a bi-week um, filler. You, you got to love, exactly. love a bi-week filler. You got to love a bi-week filler. But um, and like John says here, man, Dexter Lawrence uh, looking Dexter very Lawrence, good. He is looking really good. That, that whole defense, and even like John said in the comment, for Giants defense has been underrated too. Lawrence is on the rush for one of the better defensive line, defensive tackles 
mm-hmm. the league right now. He's looking, he's looking really good. And Tom, Tom is always the da- Daniel Jones has to give us a fact. He's not committed a turnover in October. That's a go. Look at that. Tom always Daniel provides- Jones, the the pride of Duke University as well. But you know, I did get to see a little bit of highlights from this game. First mm-hmm. of all, first touchdown game. What a catch by Darius Slayton! Like just absolutely incredible. And this is a guy I know. Tom was absolutely Slayton. Uh, no pun intended. A few a few weeks back, and he's actually pretty solid from what I've seen the past couple weeks. He's kind of started to get it going. Yeah. Daniel Jones over 100 yards rushing and a touchdown in the yes. passing game. I think the stats might actually be a bit deceiving here because you look at him 19 of 30, 202 yards and a touchdown. You think, well, he, he kind of had a mediocre game, but from the bits I saw, he was actually throwing some really accurate passes, Maybe. and there were a couple drops in this game as well. Um, I actually thought he had a pretty good game. And obviously, like you said, you know, before the show, major contender for comeback play of the year, Saquon Barkley, man. 110 yeah. rushing yards in this game. Um, just a really great game for the Giants once again. Um, and it's kind of weird, right, because, you know, I watched a lot of Big Blue Avenue last year, and consistently they're like, oh, we can't re-sign Barkley. He's too injured. You know, he has no future here. And then all of a sudden, he has a start of the season. Like, he's played the best he has in years because he's actually working. staying healthy. He's working looking- here looking elite again, uh, which is a big momentum booster, I think, for the Giants. So um, I'm rooting for them, man. They're one of the biggest surprises of the season so far, especially in that division, the division we didn't think would be that good. Uh, there's three pretty solid teams in there now. So, Yeah, and, and one thing I noticed with the Giants, too, just like they look like they're in, like enjoying playing. Like Daniel Jones has some life in him playing, too. Saquon is in, like looks like he's enjoying himself, too. Even, <laughs> even with Sterling Shepard on the side and he's hurt, he's like pumping up the crowd like, even like giving the table, giving like this energy that we haven't seen for the Giants. So I got to say that's a very underrated part because you look at the past coaches for the Giants, like uh, Joe Judge, Shermer, uh, was it Ben McAdoo, right? Oh, I, my God, yeah. Those the trio of the, the holy trinity of, of fantastic, fantastic coaches. But like they just didn't have any life in them. And now with Dable, mm-hmm. like he's putting the life into these guys. And they're like they're, they're having fun playing. And again, a lot of these guys have a lot to prove because a lot of no-name guys who are actually, you know, now making a name for themselves in this league. So I got to give credit to the Giants. If you took this back in like August, when you look at this roster, you think no way. But hey, somehow Jones is playing at a high level. Saquon's playing back to his old self too. Maybe Daniel Jones will be a Pro Bowl this year. We can now officially say Pro Bowler. <laughs> Kyle Russo is going to be pissed off that you said that, man. Listen, Kyle Russo, we might have to hear Pro Bowler Daniel Jones. Yeah, like Rondell Robinson and, and Bellinger, too, the tight end. The rookies are making an impact. I'm saying it's like a lot of guys. Like, we questioned the Wondell Robinson pick. Nobody knew who Bellinger was. He's, again, a lot of guys with a lot to prove, a lot of chips on their shoulder. And look what Dayball's doing. So, and Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal, two of the high picks for them. Great picks. People saying with Thibodeau, like, oh, it looks like he doesn't really want to play football. He's kind of just walking through the motions. That's not the case when he's playing now. Do you see him yeah. on the field? Like that guy is a that guy's a monster. He's gonna be yeah, no, as soon as they made those picks, I was like, man, those are the I those are the exact picks I would have made there. They were the ideal picks, in my opinion. They've looked great. Wando Robinson as well, the pride of the University of Kentucky, uh, looking <laughs> like a really solid option already. And Daniel Daniel Bellinger almost called him Cody Bellinger. Um, yeah, I was looking really say, good. I almost said Cody too. I was like, I'm just gonna say Bellinger for now. I think it was like yeah, I think it was, it was Danny, looking but. really good for them as well. Again, yeah, no. a lot of guys have to prove some stuff. Give credit to the Giants. This one, the Commanders upset the Packers. Oh my God! How the twenty-three to twenty-one Rodgers, twenty-three of twenty-five, 
194 yards, two touchdowns. Aaron Jones, what fancy, fancy plug here. Nothing in the running game, but he did get nine catches, 53 yards, and two touchdowns. Taylor Heineke, the Green Lizard, XFL backup legend, by the way. I'll have to mind you also. He's an XFL legend as well. 20 at 33 for 201 yards, a touch, two touchdowns, and one pick. Scary Terry McLaurin, five catches for 73 yards and a touchdown. Finally did well, even though I put him on the bench this week in fantasy. Oh, yeah. This is this is this is the world of fantasy. Are the Packers are they gonna make the playoffs? Like, are they legit? Like, I I am starting to think that they like they had that win against the Buccaneers in that that crappy game that looked competitive at the time. And now looking back on it, it's like eh. Losing to the Jets. The Giants in London, now the Commanders. When you thought in the beginning of the season they can get those three easy Ws, mm-hmm. I don't think they make it. Especially, you know, we got like the division here with the Vikings. I think the Vikings easily win that division. There's no question about it. And you got a lot of teams in the wild card that could in the NFC. The NFC stacked a lot of wild card talent outside of the division winners. I don't know if the Packers make the playoffs. They have to somehow beat Buffalo this weekend to maybe <sighs> keep their playoff hopes alive this early into the season. No, it's only into week eight, but I don't mm-hmm. know, John. John sucks. His Packers won't make it. He also said Heineke, the legend, the veteran returns. He is the XFL legend. The, 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 the pride, the pride of Atlanta, Georgia. By the way, just want to throw that in there. Okay, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Atlanta legend, Taylor Heineke. Absolutely. But um, I don't know what to think about the Packers. Like I, I do just want to you know toot my own horn here. I did jinx them in preseason, saying they would win the division, um, and they, they've gotten off to a terrible start, three and four. Um, but look, here's one thing. I'm never going to fully count out a team with Aaron Rodgers on it. We know what this guy can do at his best, but you know, unfortunately I got to say the offense so far, kind of like the bucks a little bit. It looks absolutely lifeless. Um, you know, they had a bleed for most of this game. And then unfortunately when it got to crunch time late in the game, uh, the commanders just looked like, like they wanted it more, yeah. uh, you know, Taylor Heineke, I'd say, you know, it's a pretty close quarterback matchup, which when you're thinking Aaron Rodgers versus Taylor oh, Heineke, so you wouldn't expect but um, yeah, uh, the the Washington uh, did a great job running the ball as well. Brian Robinson, uh, who I stashed on IR at the start of the fantasy season, finally the activated them. I did the same uh, thing. Seventy three yards and twenty carries. So you know, maybe you know, not five yards to carry or anything, but he Chione can kind of carry that workload. Gibson was great as well. Uh, Ten carries for fifty nine yards. He also had a receiving touchdown, I believe. McLaurin, like you said, had a good game. But man, I got to say for the Packers. They're really missing Devontae Adams. Yeah. I've seen about two or three plays this year where Packers receivers, the young guys, dropping touchdown passes, dropping big big catches that would have completely turned the tie of the game. Um, but I will say this, you know, I don't want to completely give Rodgers a pass because I heard so much in preseason, oh, he's Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't matter. He doesn't have any receivers. He's that great. He'll manage. And then when the Packers are sucking, it's like, well, he has no one to throw to. That's what like, it is. Yeah, it's like a weird thing. Like it's like you don't. They never, he never gets the blame for it. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's not good when you have two passing touchdowns this game, and they're both to Aaron Jones, and your leading receiver is Alan Lazard with fifty-five yards. And they're looking at, oh my god, here's here's a murderous row at, wide, uh, at receiving options: Sammy Watkins, Robert Tanyan, Amari Rogers. I don't even know Samori Torre. I don't even know who this guy is. Romeo Dobbs. Uh, Christian Watson was out of this game as well, but man, you know, um, I, I learned on Monday that Randall Cobb is still in the Packers. 
<laughs> yeah, and he, and he had that injury. He, he had that injury, unfortunately, and he was crying as he got off the field. So apparently, it was pretty severe. I, I, but, remember, um, I asked Mike on Monday, we were saying, can we name a Packers wide receiver? And he's like, Randall Cobb. I'm like, this. And he's not. I'm like, no, I said a current Packers wide receiver. And I'm like, oh, wow, he's still a Packer. He's back on the Packers still. Yeah. It, um, they've dug themselves a big hole. And I got to say, I'm 50 50 on if they can make the playoffs because the NFC looks a lot stronger than I think people would have expected. Yeah. Um, you would not expect three teams from the NFC East to be in contention, nor would you expect the Seahawks to have won four games all season, let alone be four and three currently. Mm. Um, so there's a weird I don't, football's weird. I don't know. It is. I don't know. They're kind of on that bubble. They they really are. They need to get it going, which I don't think is going to happen this week. I think Buffalo wins that game by 28, honestly. Yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be but um, brutal for them. But, I don't know. I'm never going to count on Aaron Rodgers, but uh, they dug themselves a pretty big hole already. So before we get to the next team, we'll see Brian here, common day one supporter. Uh, Brian, appreciate you. He's a Packers fan, so he came in at the right time. Because if we make it, a lot of teams are three and four. We might limp into it, but and he said he came in at the right time, which is perfect. And he says we need to run the ball more. Rodgers obviously doesn't need to trust his receivers, so give it to Jones and Dylan. Yeah, you have you drafted AJ Dylan in the second round when you didn't need a running back at that point because you had at the time Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones, and Aaron Jones one of the top backs in the league, I believe. Now, I believe I, I know so. And you're not using either of them. Like it's, you, you run the ball, run the ball more. Why not? You have two pretty good running backs. Use them more. Utilize them more. I don't understand it. And Tom, he did say this. Who said the Vikings would win the division the day of the Super Bowl last year? He did say that on the Super Bowl show. Uh, he did say that the Vikings will win the division next year. So hey, you know what, Tom? Mike, your take might be right. Give credit to the Commanders here. Taylor Heineke, the Green Lizard, somehow, some way. Is winning here, and they look a lot better with him at quarterback than Carson Wentz. Just, I'll just throw that out there too. He might be the starter going forward too. Yeah. Would you think week one this would be the case? The New York Jets defeat the Broncos, sixteen to sixteen to nine. I know Russell Wilson didn't play. I know he didn't. Play. Brett Rippon played. I forgot who that. I didn't even know who the hell that was. <laughs> Did not know who that was. I'll say this first: so the Jets have a really nice young core of skilled players and receivers. I don't know if Zach Wilson's the guy, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of talent around him. You know, he doesn't need to do everything, go off and get 300 yards every single game. But when you have all that talent right there, you can make it work. And Sauce Gardner, I was questioning it. I knew he would be a top corner, but I was like, it might take him some time to develop. But from the get-go, he's been locking down receivers like nobody's business. That secondary is looking really good, too. And the front line, the defensive line, is looking good with Quinn and Williams back to his old self, kind of living up to that number three pick hype. Are the Jets are the Jets for real? I never would have asked. I never would have thought I've asked this question in my lifetime. Are the New York Jets for real here? Well, for real, as in I think they can make the playoffs. Yes. Do I think they could do anything in the playoffs? Probably not, because I think when it comes to the playoffs, like you said, you need to, typically most of the time. I was his exceptions, but ninety percent of the time, I'd say uh, you need elite quarterback play, which Zach Wilson is not giving them. Um, I think they're winning on very good defense, like you said. Sauce Gardner only allowed one touchdown pass against, I believe, in his college career. And like you said, he's locking down uh, receivers already as a very young guy. He's been absolutely phenomenal. The rest of the defense is doing well. Uh, But it's also the Broncos. And, man, I got to say, Brett Ripien, like you said, uh, making like $244 less than uh, Russell Wilson and putting in a similar performance. Um, It's just – I don't know what's going on, man. I thought the Broncos would be really good this year. What the hell happened? Like, it's crazy. But the Jets, 
Brees Hall, before he got injured, unfortunately, four carries, 72 yards, and touchdown. He was looking good. He was looking good. I think he would have been winning Offensive Rookie of the Year. Oh, yeah. Brees Hall is confirmed out for these and is a is a torn ACL, which is why they traded for James Robinson, too, which we talked about earlier, which is a great move for them, too. So it's weird because I've heard reports now that Daniel Hackett is now coaching for his job, which, again, I'm not a fan of firing coaches after one year. And in some cases, I do think that this is one of the cases where it's like I feel like there's a good reasoning for it, too. He's just been not has not been good at coaching here. And is this trade for Russell, Russell Wilson? I never would have thought it. This might be a mistake for them. I thought for years after Peyton Manning left, they went through a roller coaster, a Ferris wheel of quarterbacks, whatever you want to call it. Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, Trevor Simeon, Brock Osweiler, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Kendon Hilton for that one game for the COVID game, <laughs> Drew Locke. I thought Wilson would be the guy that they finally figured out the quarterback spot. And he's just from the from the first game of the season. Uh-huh. This, especially with the way the Seahawks are playing now. This might be a mistake the Broncos have made. And on top of that, they signed him to a big extension. You, like you said, for $250 million. I don't know how many years is it, but they it's like they can cut him after that one year. But that's a lot of that's a lot of salad. It's a lot against their salary cap. They still have to pay him. This might be a mistake. I'm starting to I have to see how it is for another week or two, or maybe at the end of the season. But just right now, this might have been a mistake trading for Russell Wilson, especially with the way he's playing. He's not giving that offense the firepower that we thought he needed, especially with all the talent he has in front of him. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a tough call because you know when they made that trade, I was like, wow. You know, the one thing we always said the Broncos had been missing was a quarterback. So at the time, I think most people said, hey, good move. They gave up a lot, sure, and the Seahawks made out like bandits, but it was a move they needed to make. But now, I mean, I don't know what what's happened to him. Like it's just like one of the biggest all of a sudden falls I've ever seen. He's missing. I've seen th- at least three plays this year where it's not even, you know, deep routes. It's a guy like 10 yards away, wide open for a touchdown. The worst one I remember was in the Colts game on the fourth down. I think it was KJ Hammer, just wide open to the right. Doesn't even see him. KJ Um, Hammer was all of us, by the way. Even Broncos fans, when he was was like throwing his helmet, I'm like, yeah, I'd I'd have the same reaction. It was was like breadbasket right there, wide open. Just easy reads, and and he's missing them. Um, I don't know. You know, this is a guy I thought – absolute superstar i mean he could do it all he could chuck it 70 yards he could run it he's accurate he's doing it all behind terrible offensive lines the entire career and now i mean he just he just looks like a i don't even know what he looks like he looks like josh mccown except way worse like it's absolutely insane he looks like luke mccown oh my god that's that's a name you know (laughs) a bunch of backup quarterbacks so oh my goodness but um we got to what's going on with the Broncos. We'll see what happens going on. But I'll give this comment here. This is going to be huge as far as the Jets. Again, good win for them. They're playing good. They lost uh, Vera Tucker, the offensive lineman. He's uh, he's going to be out for a while. I believe it's for believe it's for the season. I'm not too sure. But, yeah, the Jets have had some problems with the offensive line. It's one of the big issues it was going into the season. They tried helping it out. Makai Becton's out for the year. They tried to sign Dwayne Brown. He's out for a while, too, as well. And Vera Tucker, another name that they were really high on, too. It's just going to keep rotating guys on offensive linemen. But. Again, a nice young team. I think maybe this time next year. I think they're, they're going to build on something nice. Again, I'm not, they might make the playoffs. I'm not expecting a deep playoff run for them. But if they build off the success from this year to next year, watch out for them. We'll definitely we'll definitely see, too. And then one more thing from uh, Suggs. thought Melvin Gordon would have more than 200, 234 yards. Uh, Melvin, Melvin Gordon, you would think he'd step up with Javante Williams out, too. And he's not looking good as well, too, with the fumblers. He might, he might get traded. 
We don't know. There's talks of the Broncos moving on from Jerry Judy. Teams were calling about him. They, I, I don't know if they'll do a whole blow up of a rebuild or something too, but the Broncos are just a weird team now. We'll see what happens with them going forward. Next game, the Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks, they upset the L.A. Chargers. No, I'm, yes. big, I'm big on Geno Smith because they wrote him off and he didn't write back. That's oh, what I love that quote. It's, so a, great, it's a great quote. 20 of 27, 210 yards, a touchdown. Didn't have a pick and lost the fumble, but it's okay. It's fine. We all have our bad games here, all right? Geno Smith's playing at a high level right now. Marquise Goodwin, which people forget, is a Seattle Seahawk. Four catches, 67 yards, and two touchdowns was looking good. Kenneth Walker is an animal. Kenneth Walker is an absolute animal. The Seahawks are four and three, and it's going to the Chargers. Herbert was 33 of 51 for 293 yards, two touches, and a pick. Austin Eckler, nine carries, 31 yards, a touchdown. Also had 12 catches for 96 yards and a touchdown. Malik Williams, who had a really severe ankle injury, did not look good. Seven catches for 86 yards and a touchdown. The Seahawks were out rushing the Chargers, 214 yards to 53 yards. No, it's the case with the Chargers. Again, it's like every year with them. We think they do well heading into the season. And it's just a collapse already. It's just mm-hmm. a constant collapse. And again, we give credit to the Seahawks, which, by the way, um, you know, we said Saquon Barkley, but I have to put Geno Smith there out there for comeback player of the year because he he's looking really good. He also might be a pro bowler well as well. But the Seahawks, with what they have, the talent, the lack of maybe some talent here and there, they're looking good. But the Chargers, again, on paper, have a ton of talent. It's not transition transitioning well. Do you think? Do you think they might move on from Brandon Staley as the coach too? Of what's going on here too? I, I did, I'm just saying, and I don't want to write off Justin Herbert just yet because it's like literally his his third his third season. I don't want to say he's done for or whatever, but it's just moments he doesn't look good, and then the, the overall team too. And injuries are a big part of it, but it might come down to the coaching with this one too. I the Chargers one of those weird teams for me. Yeah, I don't think Brandon Staley. Um... I don't know if he's the right man. First of all, I did that. He had that absolute debacle last year against the Raiders where the Raiders were clearly fine taking the tie. And then he just completely botched that game. The Raiders got in the playoffs ahead of him. And this year, I look, he's a very aggressive coach on the fourth downs, which if it works, great. But if it doesn't, you got to take the onus on it. And they almost blew the Browns game as well. I, I don't forget this. When they went for it on a fourth down on like their own 45 or something, and they were lucky that Jacoby Brissett threw a pick inside of the 10. But that was another game that could have lost as well. Justin Herbert is now 19 and 20 in his career. And here's a little fun fact for you, Fonz. Justin Herbert has never had a winning record in his career at all. He had a chance to do it this week, and they couldn't get it done. Got it getting absolutely boat raced by the GOAT Geno Smith. They who wrote has off. They wrote, wrote him off. Didn't write back. 107.7 quarterback rating this year, which is absolutely incredible. Completely. Yeah. 73.5% of his passes, 11 Suggs, touchdowns, three interceptions. Suggs got the comment here. He's That's third behind Alex and Mahomes. That's pretty good company. for Again, it's for Geno, and again, it's for receivers. Like, they have DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett's solid, but mm. they don't have, like, these, oh, like, these star. I mean, you can put Metcalf up there as one of the top receivers, but they don't have, like, this all-star uh, receiver or whatever, too. Yeah. And the running game, Rashad Penny got hurt. Kenneth Walker is now coming into his own, but he's still a rookie. They don't have that many, a ton of weapons. And look what Gino's doing. And here's the thing with Gino. It's not like he's just dinking and dunking. He's averaging eight yards per attempt as well. So the offense is slowing. They're slowing. Look, if I told you before the year, uh, Gino Smith and Russell Wilson would have a 107 and 83 rating, you would have believed me. Just not that Gino Smith was absolutely humiliating Russell Wilson. Uh, (laughs) 
and it's just crazy. But I'm happy for him. Like I, I said, you know, he's been he hasn't been a consistent starter since 2014. Finally getting his chance again. And look, I gotta admit, I didn't I thought he'd be pretty terrible. I but thought uh he's proven everybody wrong, which you gotta love unless you're a Seahawks hater. I mean, what a story it is. Yeah, and he actually looked really good. I always liked him at West Virginia. I was always a fan of him. I think he never got really a fair shot. But there were people that really wanted Drew Locke to start for the Seahawks at the time with the quarterback competition, too. And was yeah, glad that as, didn't happen. Now. Oh, I mean, that was viewed as one of the worst quarterback rooms heading into the season. Now it's looking like one of the best now with Geno Smith leading the way. Now, Mike DeSanto, Conrad here, Mike Coast of Four Corners. Hello, Mike. Danny Dimes, he says, Danny Dimes and Danny for MVP. No, I'm Geno put, Smith better. I'm putting Geno Smith as the MVP. I might, you know, I mean, puts a, if I'm a betting man, I put Geno Smith down for, for winning the MVP, but he might be a pro bowler. Pro bowler. Oh, pro bowler, Geno Smith. And just imagine if he even gets an MVP vote. Can you just oh, imagine, imagine the NFC Pro Bowl roster with Daniel Jones and Geno Smith. Would you have ever thought that would have been the case? The football, Noah, is a weird thing. And that, yeah, I'm thinking of, if Geno Smith makes the Pro Bowl, I'm getting his jersey. I'm going to get a Seahawks one, or I might get his West Virginia jersey. I have no, maybe his Jets one. Maybe they're still making his Jets jerseys out there. I have no idea. By the way, he's also a former giant Geno Smith, too. Played for a lot of different teams, by the way. People really don't know that. Former Charger. Former Charger. Playing uh, his old team. Revenge, revenge game. game. It's a revenge game for Jeff. Forgot he was a Charger for a yeah. little bit. Uh, two more games where we talk about a little bit of the takeaways and overall doing a quick picks of previews for uh, week eight. Chiefs top of the 49ers in a Super Bowl rematch. Mahomes looking like his old self here. 432, 423 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Juju Smith-Schuster is looking really good. Seven catches, 124 yards, and a touchdown. Marquez Valdez-Scanling, another good pickup for them, too. Three catches for 111 yards. And Kelsey, doing as well as always. Six catches for 98 yards. Chris Jones with two sacks, and Frank Clark with one and a half sacks. Garoppolo, uh, not, not terrible game, looking at it on paper. 303 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. But George Kittle, six catches for 98 yards. Weird. Same exact stats as Kelsey. Who would have thought? For a touchdown. And Brandon Ayuk for seven catches for 82 yards. I thought this game will be a little bit closer, in my opinion, but it's weird for me because the Chiefs, without Tyree Kill, are still looking good. When they picked up guys in Juju Smith and Marquez Baldez-Scanling, two guys I think, I mean, Tyree Kill is better than both of them, in my opinion, but they're both looking good in this offense. They're looking good. Travis Kelsey is looking good. The, the Chiefs, I feel like there's not that much more to talk about. Always been a consistent team. You know what you're going to get out of them. Always a solid win for them, except that one against the Colts, which is still very weird to me and mind-boggling at this point in my life. But yes, Mahomes, great. Kelsey, great. Defense, looking good. I feel like there's nothing more else to say about that, too. We kind of expect the Chiefs to win this one. Yeah, I definitely, you know, the pick you know, I saw some people picking the 49ers. I was like, I don't know, man. I, yeah. The Chiefs are looking great. Uh, the 49ers, they're off to a kind of mediocre start, three and four. I still think they're a good team, honestly. I think they can get it going. But, um, you know, it's just been a bit of a rough start for him. And, look, I, I think Jimmy has played okay. Like, I know they started the year with Lance and they got hurt, but Lance wasn't playing well at all. And Jimmy's come in. I think he's actually done solid. But this is the thing with this Chiefs offense, Barnes. Once they get going, I mean, they can score 28 points in five yeah. minutes if, they, if they're firing on all cylinders. And I know people were saying – Oh, Mahomes is gonna he's gonna take a step back because Tyreek Hill left. No, that system, Andy Reid coaching, uh, the the speed offense that they have, and obviously Mahomes can throw it ninety five yards at will. Um, best quarterback in the NFL. I know there's guys you know that have better weeks every now and then, and might have better statistics every now and then, but consistently year after year, if you're going you know just off the past years, I think he's the best in the NFL. Uh, he's just absolutely incredible. He can do everything. 
Um, he's accurate. He's clutch. 423 yards, three touchdowns. Gets a pretty solid 49ers defense as well, putting up 44 points. Uh, the play calling is incredible. Three rushing touchdowns, uh, and two are by a receiver in Miko Harbin, former Georgia Bulldog, by the way. Um, but, um, yeah, Jeff Edwards Slayer with a touchdown. If you have Miko Harbin on your fantasy team, you might have had a really – you had a really good game with that too. And, yeah, but yes, Mike, with your comment, Kermit the quarterback. <laughs> Kermit the quarterback. And also, Noah, your Ducat disappoints me, LOL. Hey, man. You Look, you can thank Garth for that. Um, not too heavy in the college basketball, but unfortunately, UGA sucks. So I kind of needed a side team, and Garth persuaded me to become a like a not a Duke fan. I'm still a UGA fan first, but like a Duke supporter, I guess is the right word. So, um, but you know, this is the thing with the Chiefs' offense. Guys like MVS, Juju, who people thought their careers were dead, and what do you know? Juju's going to be an easy 1,000 yard receiver this year, yeah. um, because he's in a system that's great. Um, uh, and Kelsey. Here's a question for you, Fonz. Is Travis Kelsey the greatest receiving tight end of all time? I yeah. I uh yeah, I mean you can make an argument for Gronk too. You can make an argument for Gronk of all time. Actually, no, because Kelsey's had a consistent thousand yard season since I think his I think he's he missed his rookie year, obviously, because he didn't play, but I think he's had a thousand yard like five or six straight years. Hasn't missed a game either, he's been very healthy. So you know what? Unless I'm missing anybody else at the top of my head, maybe I don't want to be reasonably biased, but I probably would put Kelsey as the best receiving tight end of all time. I, I think just pure receiving, he's better. Yeah. Now, I think over, I think there's overall tight ends that are better. Like I think Grog was better tight end because he was a mauler but blocker. Yeah, but just pure receiving. <sighs> Antonio Gates and Gonzalez, and I will say the thing, Kelsey, off the game has changed. It's way more offensive. That's what it is. I want to see Gates in today's offense. I want to see t- man. I'm so glad I got to watch Tony Gonzalez before he retired because that guy was a stud as well. Yeah. It's tough. You know, I it, Mike does bring up some good choices. A lot of great tight ends in history. Miko Hardman is on my bench. Well, sucks to suck, Mike. But, oh, um, Mike, you can't, can't win them all. Can't win them yeah, all. Exactly. Last game here. Bears blow out the New England Patriots 33-14. to 14. Did not expect that. Mac Jones had one series. Or I think it was. I think it was. Was it one or two series? But he got benched after throwing a pick. Went six, three for six for thirteen yards. And Bailey Zappi, the legend of Zappi, fourteen of twenty-two, hundred eighty-five yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. The question is who should start. But it's been announced that Mac Jones will be starting against the New York Jets. So we kind of answered that question already. It's been announced by Coach Bill Belichick. So give it to Matthew Judon for two and a half sacks. Looking really good again. Former Raven. Uh, I'm sad that he left. I know he's killing him. Mm-hmm. I always root for him, but hate that he left for the Patriots because he's doing absolutely well. But give credit to the Bears. Justin Fields, not terrible game. 13 to 21, 179 yards, a touchdown and a pick, but 14 rushes for 82 yards and one touchdown. He did have four fumbles in the game. It was a little bit of a sloppy game for him, but, you know, the win is the win for him. Montgomery, uh, 62 rushing yards and a touchdown. Khalil Herbert, 62 rushing yards as well. And Roquan Smith. I know you're. I know you're big on on Roquan, right? Because he went to Georgia. You're big on Roquan. Twelve tackles, a sack, a tackle for a loss, an interception. One of the best middle linebackers in the league, man. He is Roquan Smith. Get Roquan in the Pro Bowl because that's been a long running thing. Get Roquan in the Pro Bowl. He's never been a Pro Bowler, but I give credit to the Bears here. Justin Fields has some sloppiness here and there, but you know what? They got the win against the Patriots. What the hell's going on, man? I don't even know what to say about this. That's <laughs> <laughs> literally that's literally what I've been trying to I'm trying to you know make it like that. But yeah, you just go, what the hell's going on? That's like literally that's the perfect scenario of this whole week. What the hell is going on? Yeah, the uh, the Bears absolutely boat racing the the Patriots in this game. Um, personally, I would have started Zappy. Um, I thought he had the hot hand, even though he did throw two picks late. 
Uh, look, they, they were just trying to desperately throw it to try and get back in the game. I don't even think one of them was his fault looking back at the highlights, honestly. Um, I think he has higher potential than Mac. I think Mac's all right. I think he's a solid game manager. But I think if the Patriots are looking for much more than that, I think they'll be disappointed long term. But we'll see if he can turn it around. Like you said, he is starting again this week. Uh, we'll see what happens there. But the main thing, I think, with the Patriots, their defense sucks. Like, other than Judon, who, like you said, was, I, I think was easy the best signing of that offseason. He's an yeah, absolutely phenomenal easy. player. Their coverage is terrible. They can't stop the run. Like you said, Montgomery and Herbert were just absolutely destroying them. Fields had a pretty good game, 82 rush yards and a rushing touchdown to add to his passing stats. Um, but they were just getting exposed. They could never keep, get the game close because their defense really couldn't make a stop, especially in the second half. They couldn't yeah. do anything. And the Patriots' offense shut out in the second half. Just inexcusable. Um, terrible game. Uh, Bill Belichick's record uh, against uh, without Tom Brady is not great. Uh, I know they, they made the playoffs last year, but it's, it's around 500, I want to say. I don't have the exact numbers. Uh, what is going on? That's a great summary, and I love the season as a neutral. Uh, it's been absolutely chaotic, which I love. A um, lot of parity as well, which is, is great as a neutral sports fan to see. But um, – yeah, just I don't know what's going on, man. I, I don't think anyone, un, unless you're that absolute mad lad, is just like, all right, you know what? I'm going to bet $10 on the Bears winning. Uh, 95% of people would not have predicted the Bears to even win, let alone blow out the yeah. Patriots. But that, that's that's how the league is going, man. So, you know, I don't know who's the biggest favorite for this week. I just did my quick picks before this. But um, who knows? They might get beat by 17 as well. You just never know. Yeah, and Brian says perfectly. The whole season, what is going on? And Mike, I agree. I think Zappy should have started. League is about to get zapped. I don't even know. We'll see what happens with the uh, Mac Jones at MetLife against the Jets. Uh, Bears tried to give the Pats the game five, five fumbles. And the Pats' run game was terrible. Yeah, and there was weeks where the run game looked good with Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris, and they were they were looking good at times. But this is one of those weeks where it just did not look good. Mm-hmm. Brian, you scared me for a second. I think you meant uh, I think you meant Robert Quinn. Did, did Roquan Smith also get traded to the Eagles? I don't I don't think so. I think you meant uh, I think you meant um, Robert Quinn. I, I hope so. I hope so. I hope that's the thing. Um, see, John Suggs here in games. He's coach Patriots already over twenty three seasons. Belichick has gone thirty six and thirty eight. And then you added he was a, he had a losing record in Cleveland as well. Got fired. Probably would have gotten fired if Drew Bledsoe hadn't gotten hurt. Look, I think he's a great coach, but I think the main reason he's considered the greatest coach of all time is because of Tom Brady. Cause without him, the success isn't even close and Brady left. And what did he do his first year in Tampa Bay wins the Super Bowl. Um, it was a great, it was a great duo, but I definitely think you have to give at least 75% of the credit for that Patriots dynasty to Tom Brady, because without him, Belichick's just a below 500 head coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And that uh, wraps up for the week seven games of the recap, too. Uh, some quick little uh, takeaways here before we do the quick round of previewing the games, too. Uh, so this first question here, because Tom put it here, is a good question. Which team has a tougher road to the playoffs, the Giants um, or the Jets? What do you what do you what do you think? What do you think here on this one, too? Oh. You know, the battle, because, again, we are we are New York based. We got a lot of Jets and Giants fans yes. comments, whatever, too. And Tom is as the Giants fan that with all the other Giants fans in review and preview. I think more I think more tougher road with I mean, the, I got to say the Jets because the Giants have had a, it's going to have an easy schedule the next couple of weeks. Right. Because they can easily be nine and one now or eight and two after the couple of weeks. And after that, too, they got they still haven't played the commanders yet. Those are some wins also they can get to. So I probably would have to say the Giants or the Jets, excuse me, have the tougher schedule because remember they still have to play the Bills twice. 
Okay. They got to play the Dolphins out of Miami with Tua back and everything. Again, with sometimes the Patriots, you don't know what Bill Belichick, so you got that whole division still there. So I'm going to say the Jets have a tougher road to the playoffs. I'd probably say the Jets, but it's close. Um, a few reasons. The Jets, like you said, they have five divisional games left, which I know the Patriots don't look great, but you can never count them out. They, they've owned the Jets for God knows how long. The Bills are incredible. And the Dolphins. Now, I know the Jets beat the Dolphins the first time, but look, that was without two, I'm pretty sure. Sky, Tua, Thompson, the, the Skyler Thompson game. <laughs> exactly. So with Tua back, and if he keeps playing like he did the first three weeks, the Dolphins will look very dangerous in that game. Plus, here's the thing. I think both conferences look very tough. Uh, you know, I, I mean, there's uh, divisions that are very that are overachieving a lot. The NFC West, I think, you know, the Seahawks are overachieving. Or, excuse me, yeah, the NFC West. And then the AFC West, you'd expect potentially three playoff teams there, although the Broncos were not expecting to come out, get off that terrible start. But the Chiefs and Chargers, definitely. And I think that the Raiders can get it going, definitely. Um, but I think the main reason to see the Jets is the rest of the schedule for the Giants. Look, like I said, next three games, it could be 9-1. and one. Now, the Seahawks are better than I expected when I said they'd probably be 9-1. and one, So that might be a, a bit of a trap game. But I think if they play the potential of how they have most of the season, they could be 9-1, and one, which should be enough to make the playoffs by default with, with seven teams, even though I think it's really competitive in the NFC. But that said, it's not much easier in the AFC, and I think the Jets have a tougher road. Um, but it, it's tough. I think both teams are very similar, both heavily overachieving, both very well coached. But I'd probably go the Jets by a slim margin on that. Some bit here. So to uh, the double question here. So the biggest surprise through seven weeks and also has been the biggest disappointment. I think we, I mean, we talked about it before. Um, that's this Russell Wilson trade. The biggest surprise, the Seattle Seahawks. That's the easiest one. Four and three. I know it's, you know, it's a little bit over 500, but we expect them to be oh and seven at this point with Geno Smith or even people yes. called Drew Locke. So that's my obvious biggest surprise. And then the biggest disappointment, again, it's the Denver Broncos. Because you had one of the top, well, at the time, one of the top quarterbacks in the league in Russell Wilson. You had the great offense with like Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, uh, Cortland Sutton, um, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler. He had a good overall offense. The defense was a young, rising core of players. Mm-hmm. Daniel Hackett was like one of the newer coaches that came in, did well with the Packers, with uh, Aaron Rodgers and whatever. You think he'd do well, bring a spark with Denver. Disappointment, disappointment, clock management, low scoring games, and losing in, in games that they should have won, like, you know, example, the Colts for the Thursday night football game. So that's it's it's the tie in because it was the trade that was involving both teams. Biggest surprise and disappointment. It's a surprise with the Seahawks and disappointment with the Broncos for me in those seven weeks. Yeah, I'm with you. I would also, biggest surprise, I'd also give a shout out, obviously, to the Giants and Jets because they've done way better. But like you said, the Seahawks, I think, take it because they should be 0-7, honestly, <laughs> with that roster and, you know, with, with Gino at quarterback. But, hey, Gino's playing great. And, look, you know, it's an obviously biggest disappointment, Denver Broncos. I mean, look, when it's week one of the season, you know, it, it kind of sets the tone of your season. What happened? Gino Smith comfortably outdueled Russell Wilson in a quarterback battle. Uh, not exactly what you would expect, so – Team, you know, I, I thought that was their missing piece on offense. I really did. I thought they had, you know, young, promising skills positions. I thought their offense line was decent, and the running backs were good. But they just look absolutely terrible because Russell Wilson's really – it's because he didn't write back facts. Facts, Brian. But, um, yeah, man, P- poor Broncos fans. Ever since good old Peyton Manning with his giant forward left, uh, they, they've really been struggling. Yeah, absolutely. So quickly, we'll go back to the comments here from John Jets, but slightly because the Giants have rougher same stretch of schedule. Only give Giants easy wins against Houston, Detroit, Colts, and should give them more wins too. 
So that's why yeah. we said before, too. And Tom also, Giants has some reinforcements coming soon. Still have a ton of divisional games. Yeah, you know, listen, they still got some injuries. They're going to be coming back in. So you know what? It could be work, but I still think I think the Jets have the tougher uh, schedule here, too. Um, I think we're talking here. You could put the Rams or Car- Cards have been terrible. Cards have been terrible. I didn't expect, I mean, I expect them to kind of be like this anyway. I was never really high. I like Kyler Murray, but I was never really high, high, high on the Cardinals. The Rams mm-hmm. I put in there, too, especially because of what the Super Bowl Obviously, you think they had a Bobby Wagner. They lost Von Miller, but you think they would be like, you know, be undefeated or only have one loss. They're at three and three behind Geno Smith Seahawks in the division, too. And that leads to the next thing. So pick one sub 500 team uh, each to make the playoffs. So, so a team around the 500 mark. I'm looking at division standings right now. You know, when you look at the NFC West, I mean, you could say the Rams or the 49ers. I think any, I think those two teams could make it. I know the Seahawks are leading them at four and three right now. Uh, the Rams at three and three at exactly 500. And the Cardinals at three and four at uh, the percentage right now is at 42%. And the Cardinals are also three and four. But if I had to go with that division, I think, I think it's got to be the Niners, I think, definitely, because I'm going to give that credit because they're under 500. I'm going to say that team will likely make the playoffs, too, because look at the talent they have on that roster, too. I know they lost to the Chiefs, but on talent-wise, on paper, they have a very good defense, good running game now, reinforced with McCaffrey, good skill players. Garoppolo, listen, he's a good managing quarterback. He's, they played better with Garoppolo as opposed to Trey Lance, so I'm going to say that's the sub-500 team I think uh, will definitely uh, make the playoffs, no doubt. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh, I have a lot more faith in the 49ers than I do the Cardinals, so I think that's pretty easy. I think you could also throw the Packers in there in the NFC North. I think they're better than three and four. Um, look, NFC South, I'm not even going there because one of those one of those crappy teams has to win the division, so oh, that, I don't even think that counts. Uh, uh, I don't want to count the Colts either because I hate the AFC South. I hate that whole division. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard about that. But in the, in the AFC um, – Jeez, this is tough. I'd probably go with the two and four Raiders because I think they've looked a bit better lately. Yeah, I man. definitely don't think I don't think they're as bad as they were when they're zero and three. Um, and and I think that offense is starting to get it going with Adams added in. Um, and plus, uh, look, the Broncos suck, so I just I don't have any faith in them. And the Chargers, you never know with Brandon Staley. Maybe maybe the Raiders could catch up to him. I think with I'm looking at the AFC. I mean, again, I'm, I'm just not kind of the AFC South because, again, I hate that division. I'm not putting the Colts on there. AFC North, Ravens and Bengals are over 500 doesn't count here. Browns might, but at two and five, it'll be tougher. And again, the Chargers, I don't trust them because I don't know what you're going to get them week out of week. And the Raiders, I mean, they've had their losses, but they're looking really good, though. They're close games. So I have to agree with you on the Raiders. I would trust them more to make the playoffs over the, the Broncos and any other team that's uh, not winning the division right now. So I, I'm going to gonna have to agree with you on that one. So we got we got both the great minds. They say think alike. I think we got that here. Okay. Uh, so we'll talk about this. The week eight preview. Do a quick round of the picks here too. Here's the slate of the games that we'll be quickly uh, talking about here. First up, my Baltimore Ravens at four and three will be going to Tampa Bay. Three and four. Jackson versus Brady. Uh, listen, Ravens bias here. Defense is not looking good with the, with the Buccaneers. Short week for them, especially after that loss against the Panthers. Ravens are riding the hot hand after that win against the Cleveland Browns. I got the Ravens winning this one, Thursday Night Football. Well, here's a little fun fact for you, Fonz. Uh, in the quick picks, when I predict Thursday Night Football games, I'm 6-1. and one, And the only loss I have was when the, the Rams lost to the Bills. So um, kind of put kind of put my you know six-game winning streak on the line here. Mm-hmm. That said, I'm going with the Ravens in this one. I think the Bucs just look absolutely Man. bamboozled. The Ravens are starting to get it going after you know a couple of blown lo- blown leads games they shouldn't have lost. They're kind of starting to hit their stride a little bit, I think. 
Uh, and I think this is a confidence game for him going up against a struggling Bucks team. So even though it is in Tampa, um, the Bucks just do not look good. So I'm going to pick the Ravens to win this one by 10. The, the, the line here is Baltimore, a 1.5 uh, favorite. So it'll, be, it'll be a close game, I feel like, too, because, again, the Ravens defense can be a little bit consistent, too. So we'll see with that. Panthers at the Falcons, 2-5 and five mm-hmm. at the 3-4 and four Falcons. Noah, who did I, put? I put here, I put the Falcons to win this one. And, and can the Falcons, if they win here, they could be 4-4. Four and four. Could they actually be a threat in the NFC South? Could they actually be that with that crappy, crappy division? I know you rather have the three wins and the top pick. Mm-hmm. But do you think they could actually be a threat if they beat the Panthers? Which I think they can easily beat the Panthers here. But do you, do you think they can actually be a threat here in this NFC South division? I never would have thought that. But, I mean, if the Bucs keep playing like they are, you have to at least give them a shot, right? Uh, look, the, the, let's be honest. The Falcons own the Panthers. They are 34-20 and 20 all-time against them. I mean, Matt Ryan, when he was there, only lost, like, I swear, like, maybe a handful of games or something. Absolutely owned Cam Newton, by the way. But that's another story. Um, but the Panthers are not good. I know they just got a big win against the Bucs, but the Bucs are reeling. The Falcons, even though they just got killed by the Bengals, for the most part, they competed well in games. Um, so, yeah, they, they could win. And what do you know? If, if, if my predictions go right, that means they'd be win, leading this freaking crappy division, which I never would have expected them to lead at all. But um, it is what it is, man. I, I got the Falcons winning this one by 14. We got the Cardinals at the Vikings. Uh, Vikings are a three-point favorite here. Will the Vikings keep up the pace and be a top seed in the in the playoffs? I believe so. I got the Vikings winning this one with ease. I think they're still a very a very good team. I know Kirk Cousins and Kirk is Kirk Cousins, but the offense and defense is looking good. So I got the Vikings winning this one, and there's going to be some trouble brewing in Arizona because uh, they can look good, but also they can disappoint. They're very inconsistent. So give me the Vikings for this one. Yeah, Arizona sucked. Carr is going to skip his film studies for the week once again. Minnesota looks very solid. I'm going Minnesota to win this game by, God, I'd say at least 17, maybe 21, something like that. Ooh, a little bit of a blowout here. You could see, I could, yeah. definitely, I could definitely see that offense. Is, they have a firepower offense, so I definitely can see that. Uh, we got the Patriots at the Jets. We know now that Mac Jones officially be starting. The Patriots are favored to win this game. James Robinson expected to make his debut. No, I, I think the Jets. I think the Jets are going to win this one at home against a division rival. They're playing. They're they're on a hot streak here. Mm-hmm. And I think for away games, by the way, now they haven't won yeah. that many games at home. So I think they're definitely fired up. I think James Robinson is going to have a very good debut for this team. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a close game. Say maybe by like maybe like a touchdown, maybe a field goal. But I got the Jets winning this one. I do too. I think it's a very close game. Like you said, probably a field goal game. But if I had to lean one way, the Jets are clearly the hotter team right now. New England is a bit, you know, they're three and four. We know they can do better than that. We know they could make the playoffs if they get it going, although the division is very tough. But the Jets are the hot hand, man. And look, big mo in football, it means everything pretty much. So at home especially, I think it would be a close game. No more than one possession. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if the Patriots won, but I'll go with the Jets. We got the Steelers at the Eagles. Battle of the Pe- of the Pennsylvania teams. Can the Eagles remain undefeated? I believe so. The Eagles are favored by eleven. That's a lot, and I think the Eagles are going to win this one with ease. Kenny Pickett, he's a rookie. I give him a pass, but he will struggle against his team now with Robert Quinn on the defensive line. I think the Eagles are going to demolish. I think so. Maybe I think two touchdown game. The Eagles are absolutely going to destroy the Steelers, in my opinion. The Eagles are fun to watch. Eagles 45, Steelers 6. Not even wasting any more time. This is going to be an absolute boat racing. 
Moving on, moving on. Jalen Jalen Hurts, MVP, and they wrote him off, and he didn't write back. I'm just going to keep saying that for everybody. Uh, <laughs> Commanders at the Colts. Ugh, who wants to watch this game, to be completely honest? Three and four. Nobody. Three, one. Carson Wentz revenge game. Is Carson Wentz going to – is he confirmed starting? I, be, I believe it's still Heineke for now. Uh, Sam Ellinger, by the way, a new error for the Colts, is going to be starting now. And Matt Ryan, he's been benched. What a run that he had here too, and who's had a better chance of saving their job, Ron Rivera, or Frank Reich? I think both the I think Frank Reich would more likely be fired at some point during the season at the offseason too. I think yeah. if, if it's like if you had to be a betting man during the season, I'd say Frank Reich first. Ron Rivera more likely be at the end of the season. As far as who I got winning this one, I'm, I'm going to have the Commanders winning this one. I think it'll be a close game, probably a low scoring game. Honestly, it might be a little bit of a snooze fest. I don't know, but I got the Commanders winning this one. Yeah, I do too. I think it'll be very close. Um, I just don't like Frank Wright. I think his play calling is atrocious. You have Jonathan Taylor, who was the best back in the league last year. Yeah. And you give him 10 carries in a must-win divisional game against the Titans. Look, I and I'm a little bit biased on this. I'll say it right now. Matt Ryan was not playing well. However, the problems on the offense were much bigger than him. Yeah. The Colts O-line has been terrible. Ryan was the highest sack quarterback in the league 24 times. Yeah. 40, 40 plus attempts in basically half their games. I mean, even the game they won against the Jags, he had to throw it 58 times yeah, to win that lot. game. It's not all they're, one dim- they're one dimensional outside of Pittman. They don't have great receiving options. I mean, I like Alec Pierce, but he's still young, but a bit unreliable. Chris Campbell's a little bit inconsistent. You know, he's yeah, the, the play calling in the offensive line are atrocious. So I'd have to say Frank Reich's going to go first because I think he's the biggest problem with that team, honestly, which I wouldn't have expected to say two years ago. Because when we saw him in Philly, I thought this guy was a genius play caller. But now he just looks like an absolute joke. So I got Washington winning a snooze fest here, probably by like seven. It, it, I'm going to go Washington 13, Colts 6. That's not going to be on red zone. I'm telling you that much. Uh, yeah. We've got the 49ers at the Rams here. Rams, uh, 49ers, excuse me, are favored by 1.1.5. Uh, can the 49ers sweep the Rams again? Because they did it last year. Uh, what do I got here? I have the Niners winning this one, too. The Rams, listen, coming off a bye, I don't trust Stafford now still at this point, too. Um, I know he had a good feel-good story last year, and he was doing well. But I think with the Niners, with McCaffrey now a full week under his belt, that offense is going to be a lot more fun to watch. And they still are a fun team to watch. The defense is really good. So I got the Niners win this one. But it's going to be it, – it wouldn't shock me if the Rams win, too. It's going to be a very close game, probably down to the wire. I think this is a toss-up. I think two teams that aren't playing as well as they should. Mm-hmm. Um, I went with the Rams just because I don't see the 49ers sweeping them again. I know they did it last year, and then obviously they met in the championship game again. Rams got their revenge, blah, blah, blah. But I think that the Rams will win a close one. Um, I think Stafford needs to stop throwing picks, and I think he will. I think I'll have a pretty decent game in this one. I think it'll be very close. Um, my God, I guess I'll go like Rams 24 49ers 21 or something like that. It's gonna be very close. I have the Niners in my quick picks, but it'd be one it's one of those games for me where it's like I feel like it can go either way. Like I'm not fully confident. I wasn't fully confident writing the 49ers in that quick picks, but I was like, ah, maybe the Rams or whatever. Uh the Giants at Seahawks, who would have known this would have been a competitive game? Seahawks are favored by three. Giants won by the because Tom had to put this on here. Giants won in Seattle two years ago. And guess who was the quarterback? No, just take a take a guess who was the quarterback for the Giants two years ago when they went to Seattle. I remember this one because I think I saw the stat. I believe it was Colt McCoy. It was Colt McCoy. He was a New York giant. Oh my gosh. But are the Seahawks playoff contenders? I said like two weeks ago, 
No, but they could be one of those teams that will knock out a couple of other teams for playoff seedings or whatever. Like they would knock out like um like a team who's in like division leader, like right there for a wild card spot. They might knock them out towards the end of the season by giving them like getting the upset win. Like they can ruin some teams' momentums going forward. But now after the next couple of weeks, I think they might be playoff contenders at some point too. I, I know this is I know this is weird. I don't know what I'm doing here. And I, I, I listen, Giants. I give them credit where credit's still. Maybe because of the home crowd, maybe because of how Gino's been balling, maybe my bias for Gino, but I got the Seahawks win this one. It's going to be a close game, a more competitive game, and a more game that I'm probably going to be watching from start to finish, which, again, beginning of the season, I would have never even tuned this game in. But now I'm going yeah. to. I'm going to go the Seahawks to win this. Yeah, a little bit of a spicy game here, i got to say. One of the best games of the week, honestly, which, like you said, in preseason, you would not have expected to say that. But two teams massively overachieving. This is a this is a, this is one of the toughest ones I had to pick. Honestly, I went with the Giants in a close one, but I would not be surprised at all if Seattle won this game. Especially, I believe they're at home, which we all know that that home crowd atmosphere is absolutely incredible. Um, Geno Smith is playing phenomenal. Can he keep that up? And on the other side, Daniel Jones has been pretty solid, not making any major mistakes. Um, but I think the Giants just look really good right now. They're very well coached. I think it's a close one, but you know, definitely a toss up. I would not be surprised at all if Seattle won this game. But, you know, I guess I'll pick the Giants by a field goal. Graham Gano hits a 48-yarder at the end of regulation to win the game. And when Gino wins? It's because he didn't right back. Hey, I hope he wins, man. That'd be awesome. (laughs) Uh, Final game here, uh, Packers at Bills that we're going to be talking about. Aaron Rodgers Mm -hmm. versus Josh Allen. This was at the beginning of the year. I would have said this is the game to watch. It's Sunday Night Football. Buffalo's favored by 11.5 points right now. I I think the Bills are going to – it's going to be – Bills from start to finish. Like, there's like not even going to be a question. Too, you might see. I think it's going to be you're going to see Jordan Love garbage time at some point because the Packers is not going to not because of benching him. I think because of garbage time at some point, you're going to see him in there too. Bills are going to from just pedal to the metal from start to finish. I believe. Yeah, Bills win this game fifty nine to nothing, like the Patriots back in two thousand nine against the Tennessee Titans. I think the Packers might get one point, maybe. You know, they might get one point. Yeah, okay, maybe. how about fifty nine to three? Uh, you know, I'll, I'll accept a 50. I will Buffalo not going to be close. So, so Rogers though too. Yeah. It's, it's, it's John Suggs here says the same thing. Um, and then John says games to watch Miami versus Detroit card versus Viking Tennessee versus Houston. I'm not watching an AFC South game. I'm sorry. John. Uh, and giants. I'm not watching Tennessee versus Houston. I'm not, I refuse to watch Titans, Texans, Jaguars, Colts games, refuse to do it. Miami Detroit could be a good one too. We'll see what happens there with the, we'll mm-hmm. do it back and everything too. Uh, so lock and upset of the week. I think no. I'm looking at our quick picks, and I think we pretty much have the same lock and upset. Upset. I got the I got the Commanders winning this one, and the lock of the week I got the Eagles. So that's gonna be those are my two. We've talked about them before. Eagles and destroy um, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And as far as the upset too, I got the Commanders one. I, I thought they'd be favored, but I guess they're considered the upset right now because they are the away team right now. Uh, but I got the Commanders as the upset and the Eagles as the lock. Yeah, no, I got the exact same thing. Funny enough, I'm looking at it too. I think we have literally all the exact same picks except for the two toss-up games, the 49ers, Rams, and the Giants, Seahawks. So we're, we're on the same wavelength this week, it seems, which, look, may or may not be, hey, I'm copying the quick picks leader. Or it may just be we have the same picks. Who knows? Hey, hey you know what? I, I won last week, and it's my first time winning in a long time, so I'll take it. I'll be happy. I'm happy with the win this week, you know? Just, well, I, hey, I can't win again after that bullshit punishment I had to do saying David Wright was better than Chipper Jones. Absolutely. Uh, check that video out if you haven't. It was a great video, and he's absolutely right. David Wright was better than Chipper Jones here. Slanderous. Slanderous. Uh, uh, before, we, before we get here, we'll have Noah plug in his show, Puck and Announce, and excellent stuff with others quickly because, you know, he's a Georgia guy. Todd Gurley mm-hmm. retired from the NFL. We'll talk about that uh, quickly here. 
retires from the NFL. A couple of short career when you really think about it. And Noah, it sucks because I love Todd Gurley. I was a huge fan of him coming out of Georgia. He was good in the NFL. It's going to be one of those things we look back like six years from now, like the younger fans when they get a little bit older, they're going to forget about Todd Gurley. But we remember there was that two, three-year run where Todd Gurley was the best back or one of the best players in the NFL. And like usually backs his careers that you see the decline. Gurley's was like that. It's just crazy to think about. Yeah, it's sad. And look, it's not a surprise. I mean, the guy's basically been unofficially retired for two years. He just pretty much made it official. No. But look, when you're a running back and you get arthritis in your knees, yeah. like your knees are pretty important to run. On like, college. So. He had it since college. And you yeah, thought the first so. two years, you're like, all right, well, maybe the injuries are behind him. Then that Super Bowl run, which I thought if he was playing in that Super Bowl fully healthy, I think they would have won that game, the Rams, the 13-3 Super Bowl. I They really oh, needed yeah. some time, too. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, there was just... so much potential. Clowney, I'm not, well, much like Clowney, too, but Gurley, that two, three-year run, I was like, this is going to be a star. And then literally just a boom, like down, like out of nowhere. Like no no showing of declining. Nothing. I mean, just, just think about this, Fonz. Even his last two years where he wasn't the best, in six years starting, he had 79 touchdowns. Like yeah. that's just absolutely crazy to think about. And unfortunately, like the arthritis got worse and like you need your knees to run. So, you know, it, it really hurt him. But I will say this, like you said, uh, big Georgia guy. I got to see. I got to see this guy play from his very first game. I remember it was against Buffalo, not the Bills, the Buffalo Bulls. <laughs> and the very first game I saw this guy play, I was like, "Wow, this guy's gonna be incredible." And he was. Um, unfortunately, you know, injury sucks, but you know, he did have a solid career, made a lot of money. And fun fact, Fonz, uh, now the owner of the Indoor Football League's Beasts. What a name that is! So oh, congratulations to him for that. Hey, you know what? That's post retirement. That's a good run for him. Still in the game of football. And, uh, yeah, do you think – I don't want to wish this upon any running back because I don't want that to be the case. That's a concern for Henry because of – mainly because of Henry's size and the fact that they've given him, like, 400 carries in the past couple of – like, not that many, but, like, that – it seems like that much. It's a bit like McCaffrey, I think, the exact same thing. He's getting worn down and that's fantastic yeah. player. But, you know, I think – unfortunately, I think eventually it'll catch up. I mean, plus – Running back, short shelf life. That's just the nature of the position and how it's played. <laughs> Bang it into guys every single play. Like that. It's going to take a toll on you. But like you said, when you're having 400 touches a year, it's going to accelerate it. So, I mean, I think it, it's inevitable. I, like you said, I, I don't want to wish that on anybody, but, you know, it's kind of hard to avoid. Yeah. Uh, so before we get out of here, uh, Noah, I'll let you plug in your show. He's got a new show here. Seven episodes already pucking around. I'll say this, guys. Now, I've been trying to get into hockey, and Noah and Garth are helping me out here with their stuff. They have an excellent show pucking around, talking also awesome puck. Great name, by the way, too. So you're Thank doing you. some excellent stuff over there. So, um, Noah, if you wanted to talk about it, give some what's going on, what you guys just talked about, what it's, uh, what's going on. You guys had a graphic that came out, too, and everything. It's an Highly, highly fun show. Graphic is very popular too. So you want to talk about that a little bit? You know, the floor is yours with this. You got to plug in your show, man. You got to plug it in. Yeah, Tuesday nights at seven p.m. Eastern. Uh, we do our show, me, me and Garth, pucking around. Uh, like you said, very creative name. But you know, NHL season just started up, so we're talking. You know, hot or cold teams. You know, we also just recently debuted a segment last week, Team of the Week, where we pick our favorite, uh, our best players uh, every single week. So that's probably our favorite segment to do. We also do weekly picks, pick 10 NHL games for the week uh, to go through. Uh, very close. I'm only one game up on guards, so that, that's pretty tight as well. 
But it's been an absolute blast. We've already done seven shows, and it just doesn't feel like it all. It just time absolutely flies. Um, fans seem to love it so far. We're loving it. It's just absolutely phenomenal. So if you guys are not even, you know, not even if you're diehard hockey fans, but you're at least a little bit interested in it like Fonz is, go ahead and tune in, and hopefully you'll enjoy it. But um, appreciate the kind words as well, Fonz. Uh, we've been – it's been an absolute blast so far. No, of course. And listen, I'm serious. I've been trying to get into hockey. I don't know that much about it. You know, I know the team names. I know some players, but you guys are helping me out. So seriously, coming from me, you want to know more about hockey, some puck talk, Go check yes. out Talking Around. It's some excellent stuff here, too. And I think that wraps up for tonight's review and preview episode. I think we did a good job first time uh, hosting a show together. I think we did a good job. Yeah, pretty good job, I'd say. Hour and a half shows, never never a bad thing. So, Yeah, nothing, n- never, never a bad thing. And uh, you can check out uh, Noah's show on, on Tuesdays at uh, it's, it's 7, right? 7, 7.15? Or is it? No, I'm sorry. 7. 7. seven. seven I'm sorry. It's not so 7. I'm, times are confusing, man. Times are confusing. Days are confusing. But Tuesdays at 7. On here on Review and Preview, check out Four Corners, my show, Press Wrestling, on Mondays. Again, if you're not really into Press Wrestling you want to learn more about it, you can check us on Mondays at 7 o'clock with me, Mike DeSanto, and Albert Donor. Check out all the other slated shows we have hidden for the cycle, Big Blue Avenue, out, out of the line. We have a bunch of shows here on Review and Preview, some excellent stuff here, too. If you're on the audio listeners right now, check out our live shows. We interact with the comments. And if you're on our live shows, you can't make it, subscribe to our podcast feed. Everything down below. We're on Anchor, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook. It's all right there. Just review and preview sports. It's very simple, people. If you're not doing this, please do it so Tom doesn't fire us because we need people to follow us and check out the brand. All right? Yes. No, I'm serious. It's not, this, this, this is not a joke, people. All right? We have to. We, this has to be a legit thing, too. And if you haven't already, check out uh, check out Noah's punishment of why David Wright was obviously better than Chipper Jones. Check out that video. We need we need we need more videos like that. Excellent stuff. Let's hope Noah isn't the monthly loser again. And I hope I'm not the loser because I feel like if I am, Noah's going to come back and get something for me about the Mets or maybe the Ravens or something too. I don't even want to give him any ideas. But um, that wraps it up for uh, for this show. Uh, Noah Dialer, Fonz Falco. We're heading out. We'll see you guys next time. Noah, thank you for joining. This is a good Absolutely. show. Absolutely. Definitely, man. It was a blast. You too, pal.